On this episode, we're going to feature a longtime listener who contacted us about an exciting process he developed with his clinical colleagues. It's a tool to improve communication among staff and patients on an oncology floor with great results. Welcome to Modern Practice. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Villanueva, Senior Principal for Operations and Quality at Vizient and Practicing Internist. And today I welcome a long-term listener who's now a guest, Dr. Dev Manuro. Dev, great to have you on the program. Thanks, Tom. Thank you for having me on this session today. It's a pleasure. So tell us a little bit about yourself and the organization you work with. Tom, I'm an internal medicine hospitalist, clinical documentation integrity, quality and safety physician advisor at Sanford Medical Center, Fargo. I also serve as the statewide internal medicine clerkship director and associate program director for inpatient services internal medicine residency program through University of North Dakota Medical School. Sanford Health is one of the largest rural health systems in the United States. It is headquartered in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and Sanford Medical Center Fargo is one of their biggest healthcare centers and the only level one trauma care center for this region. It also falls under the Vizient AMC category. Hospitalist, we get the job done. We do, we do. (laughs) We know a lot about health system sciences. Yes, we do. We are the drivers of care for our hospitals. So what is Interact and Impact Project? So, Tom, Interact and Impact Project, in brief, involved the development inclusion of a structured nursing communication tool on an existing interdisciplinary team rounding model that we had on our oncology unit. And also it measured the impact of the implementation. I'm fascinated by this because when I was chief of our hospitals program, to actually have physicians that willingly would work in our oncology floor was hard simply because of that communication issue. So I'm dying to learn more of what you're doing, and I'm sure that we could definitely take this to scale around the country. So what prompted your team to pursue this project on the oncology floor at Sanford Fargo? Like you rightly said, Tom, oncology patients are very complex. Mm -hmm. And if there's not a timely dialogue and appropriate communication between teams, it's not easy to care for such patients. So at Sanford Medical Center Fargo, the hospitalist group took over the care of oncology patients as primary attending around January of 2019. These patients did not include patients with actual hematological emergencies Mm -hmm. and patients that were being admitted for chemotherapy only. Those patients basically went to the oncologist, but the ones that were admitted with complications or other medical conditions with an underlying oncology condition were put under the oncology hospitalist group. This hospitalist would pair up with the floor case manager and they would round on patients alongside their respective nurses. We started noticing a limited engagement across all team members, as we've kind of heard this quite a number of times. Uh In addition, an approved vendor that Sanford partnered with Mm -hmm. to obtain data on patient experience aspects of the floor also revealed unimpressive results. So the floor manager, Megan Hills, nursing PI rep Nicole, and myself, who happens to be the physician champion of that floor, conducted a gap analysis. We identified the lack of meaningful information flowing across interdisciplinary teams, leading to limited engagement. So this gap is due to various reasons on how we practice the duties and non-essential things that we're expected to do in this age. And the three of us developed a structured nursing communication tool that included pertinent information on patients in an SBAR format and also elements that were necessary for nurses to execute their tasks. So one, it gave the information of patients in a holistic way, Mm -hmm. and it also gave details about nursing team members on what they had to do. 
I can explain a little bit, Tom. So the situation piece of this SPAR format prompts team members to understand why the patient was in the hospital. For example, 68-year-old gentleman with shortness of breath currently being treated for pneumonia. Okay. The background section prompted team members to identify the existing current cancer of the patient the oncologist of their patient, and the last radiation and chemo treatment that they received, and pertinent medical conditions like just diabetes or hypertension, not history of toe amputation or history of bunion removal and things like that that just get pulled into that sludge like you always saw. I kind of talked about in your prior podcast sessions. So then as we go down, the assessment section focuses on any overnight events that their night team members handed off to them, any patient concerns that they gathered during their initial review in the morning, what were the pertinent vitals or physical exam findings that they want to share with the team, any pertinent labs that they identified were not addressed by the time we go into rounds. And then it goes on to asking the nursing team members to identify three medical conditions that the patient is being treated for. So some staff members are very good in reviewing physician notes and getting that information, which is very good because that's how you build on your knowledge and your own development. Right. Some staff members just pull a sheet that their electronic medical record delivers to them and it has so much information that I would literally get confused. So that's how it goes on to then prompt the whole team to discuss the plan for the day and stay for the conditions that were identified. And final piece of the recommendation section includes discussion around therapies and social situation. The other half of the tool includes activities that needed to be taken care of for the shift and the stay. This tool is very unique, Tom. It emphasizes the holistic understanding of patients and ties the why to the tasks that are being executed. This helps in a lot of ways and is not focused on just discharge as many other tools that are developed by institutions and other agencies. I'm fascinated by this because I do a lot of work around the country on multidisciplinary rounds or MDRs. And to get our colleagues, particularly in the room, to take the time off to do it is challenging. And a lot of it's because they're failing to see what benefit it is for them. And I see this tool that you've been doing as an opportunity to do that. Dev, I'd love to hear your comments because this is also based on a geographical rounding program for your hospice. I was curious if you'd want to comment on the benefits or even the lack of benefits sometimes for geographical. I tend to be in favor of it. I am with you on it, Tom. I think the interdisciplinary team rounding model should be the backbone Mm -hmm. and around which everything else gets built, which includes the tool. But we have our own challenges, which include competing priorities of institutions, lack of recognition of the value of interdisciplinary teams and interest in investment on such efforts. And also, I think teams fail to recognize that when we say interdisciplinary team rounding, that doesn't mean 100% of the patients will be on one floor. Right. Then we're definitely going to fail because the goal should be realistic where it's 70 and then things like that. Then I think that would make more meaning for interdisciplinary team rounds. But the impact of the tool that we're seeing is beyond interdisciplinary team rounds. So what I was going to try to emphasize here is this is very good, irrespective of whether we had the tool 
interdisciplinary team rounds or not mm-hmm. because it keeps the nursing team members to have more skill and knowledge about the patients. This is a different take that I'm trying to kind of push. Yes, it is. Because we've kind of failed a lot of times on interdisciplinary structures and stuff. I think we could maybe take a different angle on how we can achieve what we want to achieve going forward. I'm fascinated by it because lots of times even just getting the whole program started is quite frankly the greatest part of this uphill climb. So how did the group prepare the team for the project? How did you get your docs involved? And then how did you get nursing and the other, I would imagine, case management is involved as well? Yes, Tom. So it was a tough task Uh as we were trying to pursue a culture change. And it continues to be a priority for our floor to encourage and assist the usage of the tool even till date. This is a collaborative effort between physicians and nurses. So as long as that relationship is not established, and as long as we don't feel that we're in this together, it will never happen. I agree. So luckily, to my benefit, Megan, who is the nurse manager of the oncology floor, is a very invested person on team dynamics, interpersonal communication, collaboration and stuff. So she, myself, and Nicole, the PI team member, got together, brought the details about the limited engagement, different reasons, findings of our gap analysis to our teams. Mm -hmm. Our teams, the nurses, were understanding of the situation, took this as a challenge because the change was coming in their workflow predominantly, Mm -hmm. and agreed to work as a team. We conducted almost about two to three learning sessions for our nursing team members, and we continue to coach and support them during their orientations and daily rounds. So it's not like one step undone. Right. And our hospitalists that cover this oncology service, Mm -hmm. they only have about 14 patients out of the 26 patients on that floor. Okay. They acted as physician champions. So they would coach them during rounds and kind of help them become better team members, like how we would do with our interns. I basically pulled what we would ask our interns to do during rounds, (laughs) and I put it there. What you're describing here is a lot of best practice. Deb, thanks for a great discussion, and we'll continue in our next episode. And to our listeners, you can contact Deb at his email address listed in the resource section of our podcast page. You'll also find links to several resources. And if you have any other additional questions pertaining to modern practice or simply want to send us your comments, please contact me at our email, modernpracticepodcast at visiantinc.com. And please join us for other Modern Practice Podcasts. Subscribe today, like us, or send us your comments. I'm Dr. Tom Villanueva. Thanks so much for listening.